we are delighted to be once again brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription journalism service providing the best coverage of Manchester United and more from writers like Laurie Whitwell, Oliver Kay, Adam Crafton, David Ornstein and Daniel Taylor. Their world-class team of writers is brought to you completely ad-free on their app. There's no ads, no annoying pop-ups and they go really in-depth on a huge range of topics around all different aspects of football. To start a seven-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, meaning it works out to just £2.50 a month, head to theathletic.co.uk slash nqatpod. That's theathletic.co.uk slash nqatpod. So, Ed, uh, 2-0 loss to Liverpool. Not unexpected. No, I think, I can't remember what we predicted, but something around that, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, I think that might have been the exact score prediction, in fact. It was an interesting game in a way because um, it reminded me of the Champions League final. Not that we're likely to see a Champions League final in a while, but it was sort of like, even though they scored once at the beginning and once at the end... It sort of just felt quite comfortable for Liverpool the whole way through. Well, it, even though I mean, it was. They were United fashioned. Uh, probably the best chance was Martial's chance, uh, where he had a pretty clear shooting opportunity from sort of an angle and just lashed it over, which was unusual for him. He's normally much more composed than that. There's one Fred sort of half shot, not much in it. And then um, Andres Pereira's... Uh, you know, tickled the bottom of his studs and got massive XG juice for that, but uh, not really a chance. I mean, he wasn't close enough to it. And and that was it from United. And the famed sort of um, beat the first press and then break never really happened. United just weren't dangerous uh, from that. And in fact, there were quite a few times where Liverpool very effectively pressed our defensive players and one possession in high areas which of course they do to everybody but we just were not effective at at beating that at all as you would sort of expect from the starting 11 really I mean the the midfield were okay in possession both of them um it I don't know apart from maybe maybe Aaron Wambasaka in the first half I don't know that I would kind of point at any United player and say, like, you have personally performed absolutely terribly in that game. It was just all a bit like a combination of... I don't know, they just performed to about their mean, it felt like, which in the absence of most of the really special players, in the absence of any kind of... I mean, I, I, the decision to to play a back three is sort of understandable given the the how thinly stretched the resources are. But the fact that we were repeatedly, utterly chaotic in that first half defensively can't be a surprise when you suddenly play Luke Shaw as a third centre-back. I don't mean, that's not even me slagging off Luke Shaw. That's just, you know, that's not the player's fault. That's 
I mean, how are you going to implement that system so quickly? Yeah, I, look, I think there were, there were some things that did work. So, I mean, if we go to go to the selection, I guess, right from the start. I mean, that, that was a surprise and not a surprise because United played uh, three at the back against Liverpool last time out and managed to pin back Liverpool's fullbacks. Um, different personnel in different positions this time. Or, you know, Williams trying to play high up the pitch, sort of sort of managed to do it. I actually thought the most effective tactical change was to have Fred, um, sorry, not Fred, Pereira, trying to find space in between the lines because he did uh, disrupt Liverpool's system on the very rare occasion that uh, he was uh, found by his colleagues. That sort of worked. I mean, you can kind of see where Solskjaer was trying to come from, given the resources he had available. I have to say, if I was uh, Eric Bailly and Phil Jones on the bench looking at Luke Shaw in a back three, I might be <laughs> wondering what my position was at the club. I mean, there's mitigating circumstances, of course. Eric Bailly only just come back into the squad. Luke, um, Phil Jones, I mean, Phil, Phil Jones is Phil Jones. He's, just a walking, he's a walking mitigating circumstance. I mean, I think it tells us a lot about where he is in the pecking order and nothing about where Baye is, right? Yeah, that's... yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. So, I mean, you can see what Solskjaer was trying to do. United just weren't able to execute on it uh, in this game. They they weren't able... Um, Solskjaer has talked about it before. Uh, the key to beating City and Liverpool is to beat the first press. So pass it out of the back calmly and United were not able to really do that. I mean, Fred was actually decent midfield. Again, we found a footballer there. And, yeah, definitely. And the, the, the um, you know, Twitter is no place for a nuanced discussion about anything, let alone football. Uh, and it wasn't in the aftermath of this game. But there are things that Oli has in his favour. He has found a player in Fred. He's... Uh, clearly helped improve Marcus Rashford, and we'll get on to talking about him a bit more in a in a bit. I think um, he's found Williams. Um, he's integrated Wan Bissaka into the team. You know, there's lots of positives. He's trying to. He can, on occasion, especially in these big games, innovate tactically. I mean, it's around the theme, isn't it? Uh, but um, but the things that he's really failed at finding any kind of attacking pattern of play. I mean, like let's not just. It's not just a the golfing class in quality between these two teams, the golfing class in repeated tactical patterns of attacking play is absolutely astronomical. There's nothing from United at all. And it's all learned at Liverpool. I mean, that's not come by accident. You know, Klopp is not of the Mourinho school. You give them a, a framework and say, go express yourself. Or even actually, in fact, the Fergie school, because um, he was very much of that ilk as well. Um, uh, Klopp and Guardiola are very, you know, prescribed in how they want to create, um, create patterns, create fashion chances, uh, and it's obviously deeply successful. And and Oli is nowhere near that, you know. And United are a long, long way behind that, and it it showed. Yeah, and I'd I'd say because I I agree it's important not to. I, it feels like at the moment there's it. The, I mean, this always sort of feels the case, but it feels particularly polarised at the moment. And and it's rarely been more evident that actually the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Like there's lots of people kind of 
willing to go to bat for Ole and the things that he's getting right and lots of people willing to slag everything he does off and desperate for United to lose so the manager gets sacked you know that that, that is a weird subculture that's happening at the moment but the um the the truth is like all those things you said he he does right one of the things that he gets wrong time after time after time which was so significant in this game um I was chatting with uh with Cal uh, during the show, friend of the show, Cal Gildart, and he was um, he was expressing his frustration that the Greenwood substitution should have happened. Now, I think a lot of us felt sub- that that frustration, but what was evident was that the substitution was held back because we were on top, as opposed to like pressing the advantage. And it was actually after the impetus had swung again that the substitution happened and it feels like it was such a missed opportunity around the 60 minute mark in that game to inject something really special right. into the game. Yes. And, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't say there were very many periods United were actually really on top. I mean, had a surprisingly large amount of possession in this game for a game of this type. It wasn't like the city game where you actually had 30% and United pushing on just over 45% possession in this game. Um, and and the thing that Ollie doesn't do uh, is uh, manage transitions in the f- ebb and flow of the game very proactively at all. He waits a very long time to to either capitalise on the United being on top or react to ch- change or negative circumstances. And, and it's true, you know, Greenwood probably came on fifteen minutes too late in in order to 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 press home any any opportunity United were going to create. Or he's he's the man in the squad. In the absence of Rashford, that's that's going to take a half chance. You imagine? Yeah, I mean Martial, of course, can on his day. Martial can, but it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't his day. I mean, we were not absolutely woeful in the way that we were against City in the Carabao Cup, but Liverpool were comfy all the way through. I mean, the one you know, uh, this is very basic in a way, but you can't fault these players' effort. They're not they're not not trying you know that that's there's just a lack of quality in the squad there's a lack of tactical not tactical but like um I don't know what you call it like you were saying patterns of play execution that kind of thing not tactical in terms of formation or whatever or who's playing where but the the subtle specifics of in-game you know performance that's really lacking and of course, the thing that we you mentioned Rashford and, and no doubt everyone's talking about this, we'll, we'll we'll touch on it. This whole business about injury management and what's happened to these players and, and the incredibly serious consequences that this is having. This is not like um us being, you know, snowflakes or whatever, um, who don't understand that football's for men. This is like, no, you're actually probably gonna ruin at least one career if you keep doing this. Yeah. Well look look, since you touched on it, why don't why don't we uh, cover that and then we'll come back Let's to the, do it. the uh the mess that was uh, the goal that United conceded or the first goal United conceded. So um the conflicting reports a little bit because Ollie effectively after the game said uh, basic, basically denied United knew that he had a stress fra- fracture and said it happened during the Wolves game. Um, that said, the Independent, uh, in their reporting, have contradicted that, saying that Rashford has been uh, taking a mobile um, ultrasound unit around with him, which is you know for healing fractures. <laughs> um, pretty, pretty big clue there to what was going on. 
Um, and Henry Winter before the game, and he of course broke the the fact that Rashford had a stress one stress fr- fracture and now has two, um, just in the aftermath of the game. Before the game, in his reporting, said um, there's serious concern about Rashford's health and he needs to not be pushed at this point. You know, so I think it, it was known, and I, I I suspect Ollie, and we'll find out more that Ollie's being disingenuous here, and the club knew about the extent of Rashford's injury prior to the Wolves game uh, and that's why he didn't start and they risked him uh, and and like this is the worst of them but there have been several Pogba twice played with an ankle injury McTominay played um with a knee injury carried on in game but still like someone has to make a decision for these players um and Maguire's been playing with this uh, minor tear in his upper thigh slash hip um, and apparently Jesse Lingard also played with an injury and exacerbated it. So it's a pattern. It's a pattern. And, you know, and I think you, the reaction has been a little bit on on uh, on in the Twitter sphere. Oh, these players, they get to say whether they're fit or not. It's not the manager's fault, but I just don't buy it. I mean, these are, in the case of Rashford, a more than £100 million asset. Um, if you were a corporation and you broke a £100 million asset because you're around with it someone's getting fired absolutely and And in this case someone should be getting fired and also um the decision shouldn't be made by the 22 year old athlete right 22 year old man united fan athlete like that's not who should be making the decision about whether he uh, plays with a stress fracture or not he's not a doctor do you know what I mean? Like, I'm obviously Ollie isn't either, but the 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 idea that the player is the one that on whom the responsibility rests is absolute nonsense. Because well, you can't say that on one hand and then go into press conferences and say this person's a warrior. You know, if this was Mourinho, like well, this has been Mourinho many times. Mourinho with his whole, you know, oh well, is he really? Are Smalling and Jones really injured about two players who've like lost? vast swathes of their career to yeah. injury like yeah, yeah. It, i mean i it's mean it's nonsense a... kind of machismo isn't it and i mean Mourinho, who effectively got sacked because of his handling of an injury at chelsea um where um he um he uh contradicted the well the the doctor came onto the field and uh to treat the player Mourinho didn't like it and demoted her um and she she got four million pounds in conversation after that and Mourinho got the boot not directly but it basically sad his relationship with the club so you know I think football's got a lot to learn here I mean we, had, we were just talking in, a, in before the show that Sean Dyche has been saying that CTE head head you know re- repetitive strain on the head and um causing sort of long-term brain damage basically um uh, can be avoided in football if you just head the ball correctly and and there's increasing amount of evidence that Heading the ball correctly or incorrectly is um, is causing significant damage to footballers. Um, obviously, Jeff Astle uh, died of this. Loads of American footballers. There's been a huge settlement there. And the Scottish FA has just recommended that um, kids under 12 are not allowed to head the ball. You know, there's a significant amount of concern. Anyway, that's a, a wider story. But um, I think United's management of injuries is is bordering on disgraceful, honestly. Uh, and, yeah, and and Ollie he's right at the center of that. And then, you know there's this reaction whenever a journalist says anything of like oh, there's a journalist it can't be true. And it's like th- th- these people aren't all the same. Like Henry Winter is 
<laughs> he's a responsible human being. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not he's not like tweeting something for retweets. Do you know what I mean? Like right. And is... in fact, I, I, I'm going to guarantee with with Winter and especially and it's the Telegraph, right? Um, whatever you think of their politics, it's 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 the journalist's paper. You know, for long record of this, that so he will have double or triple sourced that. Exactly. Now, I am not a journalist and I have not double or tripled sourced to this, but Rashford being in serious pain before the Wolves game, that was, a, I mean, that's definitely what I heard. So, you know, this is, and that is not double or triple sourced, but it's sourced. So, you know, it's... Yeah, anyway, it's, it's really poor. What was um, also poor was United's defending for Liverpool's opening goal. I, I mean, like, it, it's become a little bit of a running joke. Um, and I, I feel like I, I don't want to be this kind of podcaster who's going, oh, look at him. But but Maguire's, I'm just, I'm just not convinced. I just wasn't convinced before. I'm not sure he's a £40 million defender, let alone an £80 million defender. He's, definite, he's definitely a £40 million defender. He's <laughs> also... He cannot defend zonally at corners or set pieces. The, he can't. The, he just can't. The, he gets himself in the wrong position all of the time. First of all, I think this one is a is a general omni shambles as well. Like Lindelof misses a header in the in like this is as much on Lindelof as it is on Maguire in terms of like the attack the lack of attacking of the zones. We end up with Brandon Williams marking Virgil Van Dijk, which you know that's obviously not meant to happen, and that's not how the plan is put together. But that's mostly because Lindelof and Maguire don't attack the zone properly. Um, no, that's right. They, they really I, don't. And I, I also think specifically on Maguire, I reckon this is going to be like one of those things where we look back in six months or whatever and go, oh, yeah, he was rubbish because he was playing injured. Like, that's the other thing about it. Like, it yeah, it might well be. He can't get, he can't get up. Yeah. Because, because he's got this tear in his thigh muscle. I mean, it really wouldn't be a surprise. It really wouldn't yeah. be a surprise. So, I mean, he's made several mistakes this season. I, I don't think he's, he's having a six out of ten season, unfortunately. And and obviously United needed a, an awful lot more from him than that. I mean, like United paid a, a world record fee for a defender. He's not even the best defender at, at the club right now. I mean, that's Aaron Wan-Bissaka by miles and miles and miles. Uh, he's yeah, he's, it's it's really worrying. It's because United probably need an upgrade in that position uh, in order to really. <laughs> and, but you got two hundred million pounds worth of defenders there, you know. Lindelof, 30 million, Shaw, 30 million, De Gea, a bargain at about half that. Wambazaka at 50 million, Maguire at 80 million. Awful Baye, lot of money. Buy on the bench for another 30, 40, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I got a question about Maguire, of course, is, is that he's been made club captain now, um, which is which is really interesting. And, you know, in a way, probably not that significant, but. Nonetheless, this is the a signing from six months ago who has been kind of somewhat average. I mean, yeah. he's clearly he clearly has got leadership skills, you know. And and I'm sure that's what Ollie's looking for because he's he's not hesitated in in making that decision, and he's obviously obviously respected in the dressing room. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got that either, you know. And fair enough, great, great. I'd like him to get some defending skills. That's also quite important. Uh, and like eight goals now, eight United have conceded from set pieces. Joint worst in the division with Aston Villa. And genuinely, when we signed Maguire for 80 million, 
one of the things I I certainly thought would be a lot better, like a lot better, would be our defending from set pieces. But it just hasn't come to pass. In fact, it's much, much worse. Yeah, um, and like Chris, then the, you got to say something. I mean, like we're heaping all the uh, the uh, blame on the defenders here, but what are they doing on the training field? No, I mean, absolutely like everything that's wrong on the pitch has that question to it. There is this sense that this is a team, might, you know, I've definitely felt this way under Mourinho, that you're looking at them going like, what are they even trying to do? Occasionally with this team, you sort of get a sense of what they're kind of trying to do now, which is genuinely like an upgrade on where we were three months ago, but not anything like where you'd want to be. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's pretty crazy how terribly a lot of the kind of metrics by which you would say is a manager doing well or not. It's pretty crazy how many of those are. He's doing pretty like bad to awful. Yeah, and is under absolutely no, no pressure. tangible pressure. Yeah. And and look, there's some really specific reasons why that's now the case, isn't it? I mean, a lot of it's tied up with the Ed Woodward project and, and that he has invested his reputation in Ollie and this narrative around it's a long-term development and now we're delighted with the way we do uh, transfers and we're doing it's sensible transfers now. Sensible, apparently. Um, you know, notwithstanding the fact that six months ago we spent 80 million on Harry Maguire, uh, we're now we're now completely sensible about it, and we analyse eight hundred right backs in order to get to Juan Bazaka, who just happened to be the best right back in the league last season, or defensively at least. Um, and we we've got you know all these analytics companies working for us and scouts all over Europe, and and because we're doing it the right way now, we're still we're still going to have Ed Woodward and Matt Judge try and execute on those deals and. Let's see how many of those get actually get done. As we're seeing in this transfer window, once again, United have no ability to go actually execute on the player they've identified, which, of course, is the role that you have a director of football for and why all the top clubs have that director of football so you can plan out and execute and have the right contacts and so on. Anyway, that's a slightly different um, slightly different point, but it's, you know, we... we We've got some program for the players here and for Ollie, and I agree with you. I don't hardly ever see any sense of what he's trying to build here apart from defending a low block and break occasionally, but but the constituent elements of that aren't there, you know. Uh, and then I see no vision at all from the club. Uh, and and then in, in the aftermath of the defeat of Liverpool, Gary Neville came out for... One of the few times he's ever been critical and was extremely critical and basically suggested Woodward should be sacked, um, which, of course, he should be because he's been a complete failure as a CEO on every level now, um, not just in, in building a squad capable of competing on the pitch, but the commercials are going to take a really big hit now. Um, yeah. The one, the one thing I would say, the the, because I think the low block and and counter thing is is the story of most of our season. But I would say since Christmas, there's also quite a lot of evidence. I think that there there are some specific instructions for the front three in terms of like uh, one touch and 
tricks around the box to kind of create momentum, express yourselves, try and move the ball quickly around the, you know, I mean, it's not rocket science or whatever, but that is clearly in those and again, we get Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich. Like we've we've done something slightly different than we did in the first half of the season in terms of that. That's the only only thing I'd add to that. But yeah, I mean, it's the rest of it. You're abs- It's just you know it, the the Woodward stuff is all completely accurate. It's a com it's a complete joke, and and it is the biggest handbrake ever on in terms of what we can do as a club. But as we said about Mourinho, as I keep saying, I keep referring back to the fact that we said it about Mourinho whenever I say about Solskjaer, which is that he's not getting the sum of his parts. And I have to say, that having said like over and over again, I'm almost never going to be Ole out because he's Ole. And I'm like happy to admit that that's stupid, but whatever, here we are. Um, the one exception to that is this injuries thing. This injuries thing is like, oh, well, that's, you can't, that's, that's a degree of negligence and irresponsibility, not just with the club, but with these young people's lives. Like a football manager has this responsibility to the people that they are in charge of looking after. You know, if a cricket captain bowls his fast bowler over and over and over and over and over again until he gets injured, that captain's going to get plenty of criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to you, Joe Root and Joff. Uh, <laughs> No, look, I think you're completely pointing, and, and the, the the kind of rambly point I was I was trying to make before this is is about the the ire that we need to direct at many layers of the club, many layers of the club. I mean, just case in point, this week, uh, Celtic physio Tim Williamson rejected an offer for Manchester United because United had taken three weeks to finalise the offer for wow. him. Wow. And Ed Woodward was personally leading that one, apparently, right? So United cannot get anything done. And and, and if it, I don't know whether it's the processes internally or just the incompetence of these people or the fact that every decision, apparently, especially on transfers, has to go back to Florida and the Glazers. You know, the, the flow on transfers is analytics team, head of analytics, head of scouting, Ollie... Woodward, Judge, Avram and Joel Glazer. You know, this is why nothing gets done. We can't even sign a physio for our broken squad, let alone a midfielder or two that we desperately need. We're not doing a full-length show this week cause, um, because I'm injured, funnily enough, ironically. Um, but the... Uh, Ollie would the, have you out there yeah, no, doing no, it for the shirt or, or the mic. No question. So, but we're so we're not going to do Twitter questions. We'll come back and do those either on Friday or do like double next week. Um, but the uh, we did have a question on the Instagram messages, um, which I don't have access to this second because I can't move properly. Um, but the uh, the the question was along the lines of Mark Ogden and um, also Phil Brown uh, are saying that their information is that United actually just don't have any money to spend. Um, and that's one of the reasons right. that transfers. So one, one of the things we didn't do on, on Monday was go through the Deloitte Football Finance Report, which came out, which there's nothing surprising in the Deloitte Football Finance Report. If you if you just look, like, look at United's quarterly filing, filings, you know all about United's finances. Uh, but but look, there's um, United are... What my sense is that uh, the Glazers, of course, long gave up on competing for the title. Long gave up on that. And I, I think they're probably quite willing to give up on being in the Champions League and they'll just cut their cloth accordingly. And, you know, people do mock me when I say this on Twitter, 
but I am 100% certain that their business model is basically arranged around them getting whatever dividend they want out of the club. That particular year, about, it's averaging about 20 million at the moment, and they will spend around that, right? Um, and so, so United will be under pressure right now financially. So we've taken a 45 to 60 million pound hit from not being in the Champions League. That's broadcast rights, that's um, extra income at the gate, uh, that's uh, sponsor clauses, stuff like that. There will be an extra £45 million hit on the Adidas deal next season if United are not in the Champions League, which, let's be honest, it seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, uh, plus, um, and, you know, they make some savings because a lot of the players have a penalty in their contracts, although let's see how happy the the, the players are when that kicks in for a second year. Um, but but it doesn't cover all the losses. So you're talking about £100 million worth of pressure there. United are already guiding 560 to 580 for full year, financial year 20. Um, so that's, uh, well, we run, we run June to June at United, so up to June 2020. Um, it will be less than that. It's almost certain that Manchester City will become the biggest revenue generating club in England. Now, you can say, well, some of that's dodgy because it's related party payments and so on. And yes, that's true. Um, but but United are going to lose their top spot. They'll probably fall to about seventh or eighth in the in the uh, the football money league, you know, given that they were number one in the world quite a lot uh, of the last sort of 15 years or so. Um, tells you something about which uh, direction the, the club is heading in at the moment. So this, this wants you know, commercial juggernaut that innovated around uh, regional partnerships and multi-sector regional partnerships and and did do a lot of innovation in that world post-Gill, has now been caught, very quickly caught, by the way, because the whole market inflated, and then overtaken by a whole host of other clubs. And, And you then get to the point where can United, you know, the assumption we already always made, and I've said it on this podcast, United make too much money to fail for too long. Uh, and um, the assumption that we can just spend our way out of the, the crisis then becomes like completely wrong. And United then had to be smart about spending money like Liverpool have been. Uh, and we've shown absolutely no inclination to be smart with money at all, ever. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to get any better. I guess before we finish talking about the Liverpool game, uh, worth saying the uh, weird debate about whether the Virgil van Dijk foul on David De Gea was a foul on David De Gea. Why like, is that even a debate? Uh, honestly, I know you weren't watching the Sky coverage, but in the studio, they had Roy Keane, uh, Patrice Evra and Graham Souness. Roy Keane, obviously, like, just parody of himself going... That's never a foul. He's soft, soft again. Um, and Patrice ever going, well, that's definitely a foul. And then you had Sunes saying, like railing against VAR and going, we think of VAR as some omnipotent computer. It's just a bloke watching the telly, more or less. And um, that is a, a reasonable point. But um, then Graham Sunes said, ask a football person. Now, Patrice Evra is 
by far the player on that panel who has the most recent experience of playing in contemporary football and has just told you it's a foul. Anyway, Graham Soon has freaked out and then Patrice Evra like picked up his glass and looked at it to see if it had booze, like as if he was looking to see if it had booze in it, which was very funny. But the uh, but yeah, it was just nonsense. But Gary Neville um, also kind of going on about how it wasn't a foul and, you know, all of this stuff. So... Yeah, nonsense, because I don't know how it's not a foul when the goalkeeper catches the ball and the player barges into the keeper and knocks it out of his hands. I believe that is a foul. Every single time. Not even yeah. a debate. I don't even want to talk about it. It's ridiculous. It's, and and the, the shocking thing was that the ref didn't blow for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd have been twice. That'd have been <laughs> twice. If I hadn't fixed that one, it'd have been twice that Dave's been done. Anyway... Should, yeah. shall, we, um, shall, we, shall we move on or have we got more to say about the Liverpool yeah, I, game? It feels like they, they had the ball in the net another time as well. That one was that one was just offside, wasn't yeah. it? And the flag went up in real time. Um, but they just they just looked loads better than us. That's because they are loads better than us. Yeah, because exactly. We have, we have chronic transfer syndrome, which is just like screwing it up time and time and time again. Yeah. And we probably have to i mean be i mean obviously everyone knows this but whatever Solskjaer is doing it's not enough you know whatever no, it's good, not he's not you're right he's doing. not making enough incremental improvement and, and a better coach would do but a better coach is going to look at the absolute shambles of this club cancerous from top to bottom and go no i don't think so i mean it's it's the conversation we had last week that, that um um, uh, Phil um, Phil Brown from the Beyond the Pitch podcast was saying that you know he, his information was that Pochettino's listed a bunch of conditions uh, to take over, and um, clearly uh, it's been a job that he was interested in before Pochettino, um, and uh, he's he's a sensible, intelligent manager um, who has looked at the shambles of the club and said, no, I need these things in order to to make it work for me. And absolutely, he's absolutely right because you would have to be stark staring round the twist to believe that you could walk into this United situation and fix it. Like it, it's completely and utterly broken. And without a change in the very senior leadership, because the same mistakes are being made over and over and over again, and that is not suddenly going to change. Edward Wood isn't suddenly going to hand over responsibility. He's not. The Glazers aren't suddenly going to um, become totally committed to making United the most successful football team they could possibly no, be. No, None they're of totally committed happen. to not doing it. And uh, and Edward Wood and the Glazers will not. I, I don't think a director. I mean, I'd I'd love to be. Uh, proved uh, stupid on this one, but I don't think a director of football or any kind of technical director of that nature will ever be employed in a position of real authority because they could challenge and call out what the model is. Uh, and and the model is to make sure that Edward will get his four million a year and the Glazer boys get their twenty million a year, and they'll just manage the business model around the margins. And it doesn't really matter as long as they can do that where United finish. Um, and they will keep milking the global reach because United has been in the wilderness before and was popular, and there's some truth, not a total truth, some truth in Woodward's assertion that um, what United do on the pitch doesn't have any meaningful impact on the commercials off it. Right? And I said there's a 100 million impact coming up next year. So that is it's quite an impact. 
Right, so he's not quite, he's not totally right, but United can still make a profit depending on how they play the market uh, and what they do with wages and so on um, with that with that reduced income. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, cheery end to the first half of the show. We'll be back to, I can't imagine it's going to be that much cheerier when we talk about, because it feels like Burnley is not, a cheery subject to come back to but nonetheless that is this i guess before we even after the break before we get to burnley we'll just very briefly touch on the actual transfer market just oh. to really cheer everyone up yes yes nothing's happening all right we'll be right back enjoy no question about that if so let others know about us the best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on itunes and hit that subscribe button We are delighted once again to be sponsored by The Athletic. Um, if you want a seven-day free trial and 50% off the first year of your subscription, then you can head to www.theathletic.co.uk slash nqatpod. Um, we've talked about this a number of times now, but they have an absolutely world-class team of writers. They cover United and the Premier League and football more generally. Uh, with a kind of very wide range of really in-depth content, uh, all ad-free. Um, also probably worth mentioning that they've started a United podcast. Um, so uh, my friend, friend of the show, Carl Anker and Laurie Whitwell are going to be co-hosting Talk of the Devils. That is available uh, not just behind the paywall, but you can you can get that from wherever you get podcasts. So so check that out. Um, we're... I'll always support everything Carl does anyway. Um, and uh, it seems particularly relevant this week to, to mention that. Uh, what, have you, what have you enjoyed on The Athletic this week, Ed? Well, um, there's a good piece from Laurie Whitwell, the United reporter on uh, the Rashford situation, calling out the fact that uh, United could not leave Rashford out uh, because he's been so, become so crucial to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team, not just tactically, but in terms of the number of goals he's scoring. And, and because United failed to replace in the summer uh, Alexis Sanchez or Romelu Lukaku, who headed off to Inter. Uh, Lukaku is doing very well at Inter, scoring a lot of goals. Sanchez, as we mentioned on the earlier in the show, not so much. Um, and look, um, uh, he's he's completely correct in that. Um, you know, great for Lukaku. He's he's doing well at Inter. Um, it was right for United to move on from that, but uh, it was neglectful. His words. Uh, to not uh, replace Lukaku with with someone experienced, and we're seeing the cost of that now. And um, the piece I really liked about United is um, a long time follower of United, as in you know he he uh, he's not a supporter, uh, but writes a lot about United. Uh, Daniel Taylor, who came over from the Guardian, he used to be the Manchester United correspondent, of course, before Jamie Jackson took over, and um, he goes deep dive into. Ed Woodward's role at Manchester United and uh, and his failures over the last six and a half years as uh, of being uh, executive vice chairman, digging into both um, Woodward's role in transfers uh, and and his now sort of um, in, embattled position, uh, having been called out by Gary Neville and by the fans against somewhat surprisingly against Norwich um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and and asking what he's going to do about it now, and questioning United's strategy on transfers, their changing strategy now, not spending silly money on players, having done that for the last six and a half years, 
um, and and uh, asking, you know, where does the buck stop? And, and like completely, completely correct. Um, so really, really good piece from Taylor, um, as always, I think. He always seems to just nail the salient points. Brilliant. And yeah, you can find him and lots of other writers on their... Did I say it's an ad-free? No pop-up ad thing? I already said that. But worth repeating, because it's always nice when there are no ads in things. Um, if, Unlike this show. Exactly. So head over to uh, theathletic.co.uk forward slash pod. Um, and you can get seven day free trial to see whether you like it or not. And if you do like it, you get 50% off your first year. And it works out to eight pence a day. That's just eight pence a day. I think that price is okay. It's just eight pence a day. That, that one's dedicated to the boys at TIFO. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have Joe back on the show at some point. Uh, maybe your friend uh, Carl from the New Athletic uh, Talk of the Devils podcast will join us sometime or maybe it's a bit too big time now yeah that's definitely Carl. i don't think i think we might be able to pull that one off if we have if we really try and pull some strings all right thanks everyone back to the show So before the break, Ed, your last words were nothing's happening. Um, have we signed Bruno Fernandes during that ad break? I, I don't think so. I don't think no. so. Bruno Fernandes played. Is it Fernandes or Fernandes? I don't think we're ever going to have to really learn that. Cause I, I don't, don't think know. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, he played in the, uh, the game uh, Sporting uh, lost 2-0 to Benfica on Friday night. Uh, and he uh, he played in that one. So... It seems like the situation is is this. Um, he's really Sporting's only saleable asset. Sporting are not doing very well in the league this year. They do need money. And as we talked about last time, how they basically mortgaged half of Fernandez already. Um, and so they're trying to play hardball on the price. United are sticking to their guns. And, and seeing as there is no other bidder, because basically everyone around Europe sees him as a sort of 40, 45 million pound player, because everyone has... A lot of doubts about him, which United had in the summer. United are unwilling to go, which all sounds very sensible, of course, uh, until you realise that United haven't been playing that game for years. So why do they suddenly start now? Um, and anyway, uh, it doesn't seem like there's a second choice to move on to. Uh, so uh, this could go right down to the wire or, or he could not sign at all. Um, the other piece of transfer news is that United have apparently made an offer for Jude Bellingham, who's this uh, 16-year-old at Birmingham City, somewhere between 12 and 25 million. I suspect a lot of that is add-ons based on, you know, whether he wins World Player of the Year or, you know, the World Cup or whatever. Never seen him play. Don't know about you. I just, no, I haven't. But, you know, maybe maybe you're an expert. I'm not an expert, but um, the, the rapper JK... Uh, is Big Birmingham City fun posted an Instagram video of Jude Bellingham scoring at the weekend, shouting, "Slap another ten mil on it! Slap another ten mil on it!" So yeah, one one of the few uh, rappers who is not a United fan. We have a big collection of them. <laughs> yeah, we've got Santan Dave, which is like Santan Dave and Stormzy are both United fans. So like. It doesn't really matter where we rank in the actual league table. Where we are in, like, UK hip-hop league tables is really high. 
pretty pretty high, pretty high. Yeah, so so not much happening on the transfer front, and and which means United for the next. So McTominay's out until March time. Pogba might be the same, and Rashford they're saying six weeks to two months. Although I would suggest not being a doctor. And that's qualified as Dr. Nick from The Simpsons here, but I would suggest that perhaps you don't rush someone with a spinal injury Double stress fracture. back too quickly. Double stress fracture in his spine, and they're like, yeah, six weeks. Six weeks! Absolutely insane. He'll probably play against Burnley, because <laughs> Ollie will be out. Get out of there, son. Anyway, so United are desperately short yeah. up front. Desperately, desperately, desperately short, short in the midfield. Martial, James and, and Greenwood are the only options, and then obviously Pereira and Massa can, can play. But James looks absolutely <laughs> cream-crackered as well. well. Of course he is. He's played so much yeah. football. Kid from the Championship wasn't expected to play. It was supposed to be a transitionary season, but we haven't got any players. Um, can't recall Sanchez, not that we want to, because there is no recall. Much like Smalling, no recall clause in the contract. This is apparently not unusual for these sort of... Basically, international loans uh, are one-year controlled transfers, very, you know, so apparently it's not unusual. Proper hilarious. Like the inter-coach, Conte's been having a pop at Alexis Sanchez for not being fit enough and not being ready to play. It's like, who? who? We are paying, currently paying Alexis £200,000 a week to not play for Or us. Inter, <laughs> just to not play for anyone. Um, and talking of which... The- um, anyway, so the, the point being, we are desperately, desperately short at the moment. And and um, Holly has been talking about getting loans in. I mean, wh- what is it? Well, like, let's phone a friend. You got anyone to loan? You got anyone to loan? Anyone? Anyone? Do you think less? Can you think of any players we could loan at the Villa moment? Villa want to loan us Jack Grealish. Is that what Did you think Edward Wood's ringing up? Going, uh, can we just borrow him for a bit? Um, the uh, the other transfer story, of course, is that Ashley Young has actually left United. That we we kind of knew that that was happening, but that's went on striking Oz to get his one point five million euro move to Inter. Football cliches. Um, Adam Hurry tweeting one point five million is a very quaint transfer fee, isn't it? It's like sort of it the is. same as free now, but when you think about that, it's like one point five million of money is effectively free. It's really a weird world. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, that's the, the transfer roundup, which is that we've sold Ashley Young and not bought anyone. <laughs> yeah, I said. Yes, so we've weakened our squad. <laughs> yeah, uh, much as much as like Ashley Young has been. Uh, been not fit for purpose for quite some time we are a Luke Shaw injury or a Brandon Williams injury given that we're running him into the ground now apparently away from being desperately short again anyway the, we're um, playing Burnley on Wednesday night sorry Should, do just, you want to talk about Burnley yeah I just googled Bruno Fernandes just to see what happened and the Daily Express had this headline that like Man United make breakthrough in Bruno Fernandes thing and I looked at it and I was like I really don't want to click on this because I know what it's going to be like I used to cover um sometimes the, the, I would cover the rumor tracker for Bleach Report where you'd kind of go through all the different rumor so it's pages. all your fault is what you're saying no it's almost almost none of it is my fault um but you go through the papers and you get very used to seeing these headlines and you know this is going to be a spurious link to a third-party source of which you have absolutely no way of validating the quality of that source or otherwise, but it's presented as fact in the headline. Uh, And that's literally exactly what happened. A source I've never heard of is claiming that a, a deal is closer. I think that if... I think the world is a very bad place in a lot of different ways, and this is one of the reasons why. And 
talking of the world being a very bad place. Uh, low block 442 <sighs> with well organized central defenders. Straight up 442 from it's, Burnley. That's not bad. Like, I don't think that's bad, but I think it's bad for us. Um, I mean, look. By the way, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes have scored goals this season in a in a team that doesn't score many. They've got fifteen between them. Yeah, you know, not, Barnes not bad. Is, Barnes is injured, I think. Which is, is he, I only know this well, because Jay, Jay Rodriguez will play out front, I guess, with Chris Wood. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and the you know to, that I'm not saying they Chris Wood could score a goal on a set piece against Man United. That is for sure. Um, as could. The, uh, the big centre backs, but the, the thing that worries me is, unlike at home, we where we have a very uh, at Turf Moor, I mean, we have a very good record against Burnley at Turf Moor. We have a terrible record at Old Trafford against Burnley. They keep getting a draw every time they come. Basically, um, there was a two-all draw last season, and then there was, of course, that was that nil-nil draw in Mourinho's first season when Zlatan turned Tom Heaton yeah. into David de Gea. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm extremely pessimistic about this game based on the lack of, based on how exhausted James looked. I guess we'll see Juan Mata, which I think is a good thing. I guess we might, I don't, the thing that worries me is that he's not going to start Mason Greenwood, that he'll yeah, start but, Pereira. But he, he should start Mason Greenwood. 100%. And, and uh, James needs a rest. And, and I, I, but I don't know what formation it means because it, there's no point playing three at the back in this game, you know, Maguire and, and Lindelof, for all their faults, can defend 1v1. Uh, and United need to do not need to be playing five at the back effectively. So um, uh, I would imagine back to 4-2-3-1. Uh, Matic is going to have to play again because we haven't got any midfielders. Um, I, I think you're right. Matter should come into the side. Um, he's still our sort of most creative of those number 10s. He was really um, good against Norwich. Like he was, yeah, yeah. But then the three out front's a problem because if James gets rest, who, yeah, unless you push Pereira out wide, which could happen. I don't think Lingard's fit, is he? No, and also so, like uh, a long way maybe down Angel the Maybe Gomez order. gets a chance. Maybe I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance of that whatsoever because I, I, I actually think that. I mean, I think it's going to be James left, Martial through the middle, and either Greenwood or Pereira right. Like that's that's what I think might happen. I mean, we played he played Mata and Pereira back at the start of the season. And it was a disastrous combination. You, you almost can't do that. What I think should happen, I guess, is James Martial and Greenwood, and then you rest James next. I don't know, but I don't know. Complaining about injury management and then just saying yeah, we should just play all these exhausted players seems uh, a little unfair. Um, but it's it's a massive problem because the the fixtures keep coming. There's no like I was gonna say there's no let up, but we're gonna play. Are we? Have we? Aren't we supposed to be playing our FA Cup FA game Cup this game, weekend? Yeah, but but the Tranmere Watford game is on Friday, Thursday. <laughs> right. I think Tranmere Watford game is on Thursday. Right. I don't know that the weekend has been reserved for the United. Watford Tranmere game. I'm not sure. It's right. A, in, we may well have a week off. We've got Wolves on the first of Feb, haven't we? Um, yeah, we've got City but, before that though in the Carabao. Second. Oh, in the, in the second leg. So yeah, so they can't even push the the cup game to midweek. I mean, it might be that the cup game is then pushed to the replay date, which would be the fourth of Feb, I think. 
something like that. I, I've just googled it, and um, the uh, the 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 Google have got it saying three o'clock kickoff on Sunday the twenty sixth. Um, TBD versus Manchester United, but I'm sure that can't actually be right. It seems unlikely, just because police seem to require ten days. But but may, maybe it is right. Um, yeah, assuming Prenton Park is in a fit state to to be using um, because it's it's not been much. United's women's game got cancelled against Liverpool there recently. Quite a lot of Liverpool women's games have been cancelled, which they might be relieved because the men's team's great. The women's team's bottom of the women's Super League at the moment. Um, oh, by the way, um, good win for United uh, at the weekend. Women's team won 3-0, um, needed that, I think, against Spurs and pushing up the table again. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I, yeah, maybe we've got a cup game in the weekend. Maybe not. We'll, we'll, we'll know by the time the Friday pod's out. I hope so. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, the, the the whole point being is I think that the team selection is going to be a big problem for this one. I think trying to get any fluency in the side is going to be a big problem for this one. And I think um, Burnley are not going to be the generous kind-hearted host uh, visitors that Norwich City were and I think this is going to be a really tricky tie I'd love it if we score early and they have to come out and we prove that wrong but I think it's gonna it's gonna need some magic and at the moment the players look tired they look leggy there doesn't look to be a lot of magic doing the rounds at the moment maybe Juan Mata will inject that sort of bursty little you know running around the you know just sort of general running around <laughs> near the box that he does. Uh, maybe that'll that'll invest some energy into yeah. some energy. I mean, look, a, a few like positive words. So Burnley a bit rubbish this season. Create hardly any chances, and concede quite a lot of chances. Right. So even though they've got some decent players at the back there, they do concede a lot. So United should be able to fashion something, even with a threadbare squad. So. Um, I, I don't expect it to be particularly pretty or United to be completely fluent. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they're going to patch up the team. Uh, I'm hoping a bunch of players aren't playing, a bunch of more players aren't playing with injuries. Uh, and we'll see. But, you know, maybe a narrow win if All I was right. going to pick something. I'm going to predict, predict a nil-nil draw. Oh, oh, I should love it. Anyway, we we uh, we said we'd do a short pod because of your your ankle knack, and yep. uh, we've been we've been babbling on for near enough forty five minutes now. So um, that'll probably do. Thank thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, Patreon backers, we will be back with uh, extra bonus content next week, or we might try and squeeze uh, extra content into the midweek show. Um, everyone else, if you want to get involved in that, head over to patreon.com slash rankcast for ad-free shows and, and extra content, except when... S- slash, slash rankcast, slash... Oh, what? what? Oh, I finally did it. I finally did it. All these weeks and months later, um, slash NQAT pod. <laughs> I've been waiting for that mistake to happen. But yeah, patreon.com slash NQAT pod. It's, it's like, uh, it's like... Calling your new girlfriend by your girlfriend's name <laughs> at the crucial moment. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and follow us on Instagram on at NQAT Pod. That's that's my that's my favourite social media call to action at the moment. Is follow us on Instagram for some reason. I don't know. It's, Very good. We're having fun there. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for bearing with us, Paul. Go sort out your ankle neck. Um, no, do. no heading off to any kind of fashion events with your crooked ankles because. 
Custis will be after you. <laughs> I'm going to watch my brother play in a charity match. Um, and with that, I'll, we'll see you all uh, in the midweek. All right. Bye now. Thanks for that.